Our guest speaker tonight is our wonderful, beloved Bill. And he tells me I've thrown him all off stride. How can he ever talk now? But I never saw the time when he didn't have a powerful message for all of us. And now I would love to present Bill. of an epoch 
and you are nearing this end. The time when, let us say, that we are satisfied that the basics of the twelve steps will be practiced into the indefinite future and that the traditions bearing so much upon our unity and upon our action. These things are clear. Only last year a last structural refinement was placed in our society. The assumption of full responsibility by the AAs on the Board of Trustees. So therefore, we might conclude that from here on, everything is just going to be ducky. Well, I don't think so. We are living in a world of untold peril. We are in a world where man is set against man, group against group, nation against nation, as never before in history, and with instruments of destruction that defy the imagination. It is a very dangerous world. And in our happiness and in our newfound unity and in our peaceful pursuit of the general welfare, it is easy for us to forget this. But is it not true that as we look out upon the world, its divisions are no different in kind? than those which shattered us, first as alcoholics and then as families, to the point of virtual extinction. This was our A-bar, which did not quite go on. So then, let us remember that these forces are not only around us. They are still in us. They are late. AA and Al-Anon represent in a very real sense, as do the great religions of the world, an aspiration on the part of mankind to make constructive use of his instincts, whether they be for sex, for possessions, for prestige. These instincts were God-given if they are constructively used. And our program tries to channel 
instincts gone mad and rampant enter the channels of growth in the likeness and image of the Father of Light who presides over us all. This, as we know, is a halting path punctuated by adversities and we face, have faced, and will always face the crucial question, are these adversities obviously permitted by the Creator? Are these adversities going to be converted into destruction or into a propellant toward greater things. We are driven into AA by sheer stock and utter calamity. And then we come to a point where we say, but how wonderful this is. Uh, I don't like all these damn principles exactly, but I, they look right to me. So maybe I will conform, not because I wholly wish to, but because they seem good and right. And now and then we reach a plateau where, for the moment, We stand on the mountaintop, and there we conform because this is what we deeply and really want. And then the old forces take over, and we slide back down away and get back to the auto, and then we come back to the terrible imperative, the must, because if we fail on the lower rung, then it is death or madness by alcoholism an end into which we take into a living death those about us. Now then, the tradition of AA, and when I say AA, I mean Al-Anon too throughout this talk, is not a catalog of the virtues of our two societies. In thoughtless moments, we are apt to forget that all these things are in the nature of gifts. We forget. And so... We say, well, with us AAs, the common welfare comes first. We say, in Al-Anon and AA, we have democracy in the purest town meeting style. In AA, we have no membership rules, whilst other societies forge rules inflict punishments for their infractions. Forgetting, of course, 
that the demon Barleycorn is at the elbow always, awaiting to inflict the the ultimate punishment for nonconformity. And yes, we go on and we say, well, of course we do so well in AA and Al-Anon with our specialty that we really have time for these efforts in the world around us. Besides, we're about the best thing that's come along, and we don't want to be troubled with the complications of endorsements and alliances and all of this sort of thing. And then we say, well, of course, this is a very spiritual outfit, this Al-Anon, this AA, and of course we have observed that even religious institutions possessing great amounts of real estate are likely to be somewhat contaminated. So we aren't going to have any real estate. And we're going to have the least possible property, a la St. Francis of Assisi. So we go along in this fashion to catalog our virtues. These, dear friends, are not our virtues. They are the gifts that have come out of the awful imperative of adversity. They are a code, really, of accepted do's and don'ts, the failure of which can lead to disunity and from there it is but a step to the brink of disaster. So in AA and in Al-Anon, we have all these gifts. In some respects, we are a, a unique island. was sort of a paradise in a sense, really. Something we scarcely deserve. We know not really why we have it, what was in God's mind. But here it is. Now then, so much for today. We can say that the edifice of the spirit in its main outlines is that is like unto a cathedral on the great floor of which we stand, sure. And the side walls are there. And we think that they may not fail us because they are buttressed by the tradition. And now the spire is clearly to be seen in the form of service. At its apex, world service, a beacon which beckons all those who suffer alcoholism and in Al-Anon its malign consequence. Well, 
this is an unbelievable, unparalleled state of affairs. Set in a surrounding of immense potential destruction. Now then, I am not pointing to that destruction as though it ought to be the occasion of our fear, but clearly enough, it should be the occasion for our prudence and our vigilance. Not so much the fear of these powers gone astray in the world around us as fears that the germs of these things are still in us and can rend our society. Now, one of the great unifying forces in AA in addition to 12 steps and the spirit of the 12 steps as manifested in the tradition. One of the greatest forces for growth and unity in our experience in AA and in more latter years in the experience of Al-Anon has been the world's service idea. Right at this juncture, people may inquire, but why do, don't our societies have some sort of government? Is there nobody in authority who can issue command? Is there no one who can inflict even mild penalties? Is there no one who has the authority to collect money? No. We who are the trusted servants of the conscience of our two societies are not endowed with any of those attributes, not because we are so superior to the people around us, because we have barleycorn who says, you are going to reasonably conform or I will kill you. And then we have the love of God and of man which draws us on. Ah, oh, we are ever so fortunate. But let's not credit ourselves with this. So, it may be that as time passes, the problems that once generated these traditions will recur. To a degree, they will recur with each succeeding generation of Al-Anon's and AA's. They are bound to. In fact, I hope they do up to a point. There has never been great anything but good outcome in the long run, and sometimes it's been the mighty long run, 
in dissension with NAA. Up to a point, it is a creator of adversity out of which we may grow as individuals, as groups, and as societies. But when that begins to be expressed in real schism and what looks like permanent division, when our internal controversies begin to be apparent in the world around us and keep people from looking at the beacon on the spire, then we begin to be in trouble. So vigilance about these. In AA, and I'm sure in Al-Anon, the advice is rightly and oft-given. Living today, tomorrow is gone, uh, yesterday is gone, tomorrow is not here. This is great advice. Because Obviously, the fellow who is still trying to live in the past is either living there with his guilt or the memory of superficially joyous days that he would like to reenact. He is so preoccupied with this thing that he stultifies his own growth and is a drag on people about. In the best sense of the word, he is an ultra-conservative. He fights change. He lives in the past. Then we have the people who are over-living in the now, you might say. Uh, the main chance in the next hour. So they flutter from this to that to the other thing. Being so preoccupied by the now that they cannot abstract the lessons from the experience of the past and drag it into the now for you. And this is a function of the tradition. Neither are they able to think about the future, either because they are afraid. So they dwell in the present and not necessarily with any great or successful growth. Then we have these people who are the dreamers. They'll always need a certain number. But obviously one cannot emotionally live in the future because the realities of today, he can't operate in the framework of now. Now, these are the liabilities that we come to when we divide time into past, present, and future. But uh, look at time in another way. Is it not with us humans a stream of consciousness on which we are born along from the past into the present and into tomorrow. 
And therefore, I think we must, we must more consciously, while always refusing to live emotionally in the past or emotionally in the future, we should be ready to get a sense of history as to the experience of yesterday so as to keep those traditions infused with the power to guide and protect us today. And should we not give thought for the moral, not in any fearful sense, but in a sense of prudence and responsibility, where are we going as individuals as society toward better things? Are we settling for complacency? Are we crying for space flight? What are we doing? Is it sound? Will it spell progress for tomorrow? Well, in the happy state in which we find ourselves in this year of our Lord, 1968, it, all this happiness, all of this wonder, all of these miracles can bring us complacency. But let me pose what some of the problems of the future might be. Religious schism? No. Probably no. The ecumenical spirit of the world in its solidly uniting front, crossing all religions, does away with the possibility that might have arisen even a hundred years ago here and elsewhere. No. No. But in the world today, have you ever thought what would happen if AA had to go underground If our people occasionally face firing squads, you know, I say this not in fear, but just in prudence. Let us remember our blessings. Let us take right thought for the lessons of yesterday that they may or may bear upon today and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. For so many of them as God would let us have. Good night. God bless you.